<coughs> okay, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming. I noticed something. As we have um, more and more locations uh, open at the same time, uh, I think we're running out of manpower. <laughs> uh, and plus, we're so busy. I have so many projects going on at the same time. So uh, the, for the Chan classes, they're basically two levels. If you're newer to Chan or newer to meditation, we should have a uh, introductory uh, introduction or basic Chan uh, session for you. Uh, and uh, since we're running short, maybe we should do it online as well or do an intertemple. Uh, so that we have one instructor taking care of the uh, introductory class. What do you think? Because I see the new people coming and they just say, oh, what do I do now? Uh, <laughs> they get bored, the legs are hurting, and they don't know what to do. And uh, everyone else looks so calm and happy. So what's the matter with me? <laughs> it takes time, okay? Child meditation is like in everything else. You need, to, you need time to work at it, and then eventually when you get a hang of it, uh, you, you like it a lot. Okay? It changes you. makes you, I like to say, I like to think that uh, the child practitioners we have, uh, they stick around because they get a lot out of it, and they like it a lot. Okay? Uh, to me, you do things uh, constantly because it's fun for you. It, it, uh, it brings joy to your life. Okay? So that's what my experience with Chan has been. It brings, gives you the kind of joy and a kind of uh, satisfaction that you don't normally have in worldly pursuits in worldly pleasures, okay? So it's a nice, it's a nice balance to life in a way. You know, you go out and you and enjoy time with your friends, and that's enjoyable, but that kind of joy there is different from the joy when you practice Chan by yourself. So you, you learn to be, you find joy by being by yourself, okay? And so, so that's why uh, we, uh, it takes time to, for you to build up the skills, like everything else. If it's worth it, you have to work for it. It doesn't come uh, easy. But once you get a hang of it, it's um, very rewarding. That's all I want to say. So what do you see? Uh, the uh, monks and nuns, we should, you should uh, talk among each, each, each other, yourselves, and... Uh, have someone conduct the, you know, the uh, introductory Chan class into temple or something, yeah, because I uh, prefer not to have uh, people uh, confused and disappointed. Mm. And I feel that Chan is not for them. Okay? Let's do that, please. All right. Uh, does anyone have any questions? One of the things about our child classes is that you have a chance to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And that's so important. I insist on that for two reasons. Number one is because uh, of my difficult childhood, if you like to say. When I first started, I couldn't ask any questions. And I had so many questions. The more you sit, the more I sat, the more questions I had. The more questions I had, the harder it is to answer them. Hmm. And lucked out in that I was able to continue. Typically, uh, for a person like myself, if uh, you don't have answers, you don't find confident people, that's not for you. You go do something else rather than waste your time. Hmm. Uh, but uh, and number two is that instructions are, to me, in our American Chan, uh, is a key to your Chan practice. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's tremendously beneficial for you, mm. I found. 
the last uh, all this time we've been teaching you uh, is the instruction that really make make the huge difference in your uh, practice of Chan. So feel free to ask questions. All right. If not, then uh, during this session here, instead of me gabbing away and giving you nonsense, we can look at uh, ex look at the song enlightenment. What happened to the slides? Mm, song enlightenment is mm, the record of this uh, Chan monk by the name of Master Yung Jia who is a seventh crown bodhisattva, apparently. And uh, yeah, seventh crown is about pretty good level. They have insights that we don't have. Most people don't have, okay? So he practiced Chan, and uh, he attained, he realized the ultimate goal of Chan is uh, to Chan pays the way for you, hmm? bit by bit towards this state of wisdom called enlightenment. Buddhist state of enlightenment is wonderful. Okay? Well, enlightenment here uh, uh, is a, uh, a special uh, state where you connect with your, uh, your own inner wisdom and you're able to pull out and, and uh, wield the kind of insights that, that you, uh, that you uh, are capable of, but you're not, uh, you're not aware that you have. Okay, thank you. Okay. So, so, so you, when you first become enlightened, your wisdom begins to unfold. It's a very fantastic moment right there. I heard it from a lot of people. Hmm. The moment you become enlightened, you know what happened? Of course you don't know what happened. <laughs> okay? When the more you come enlightened, it's very interesting. Uh, few people told me this. You know, at the moment you become enlightened, it's as if, it's as if uh, in front of you there's, there's, there's a, a, a veil of darkness, okay? And there, there's a tear of, of that veil. I know none of you have it uh, experienced this. So, so, so that you see, like, like the veil being torn. So you see, be seen. You can see the light coming through from the other side of wisdom. Hmm? You begin to see things you didn't see before. So this light there is light of wisdom that's coming to you now. Okay, and. And that moment is very, very interesting, very special. You, at that moment, you become aligned. Some of the people I know, okay, they, they experience that state, okay, where the, the, the curtain of darkness, of stupidity, of ignorance is being torn. So now you begin to see, you begin to see this slit of light coming through. Any questions? Yes, sir. Two. Yeah, I have a question uh, because sometimes when I'm sitting and trying to meditate, I start feeling like my body is far from me or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I have just experienced this uh, one or two times. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is that sometimes when I'm meditating, I start feeling something similar. And it's like I want to feel that, uh, but just because I want to feel it, I stop feeling it. Mm -hmm. and that's called greed. If it happens, it happens. Don't don't ask for it. Don't look forward to it. Don't be proud of it. It's a it's a good state, but it's not a big deal. A very tiny tiny state. It's nothing yet. Okay, it's just natural. Quite a few people also have that experience where they separate from their body. Okay? Even if they don't meditate, some people said, I, I uh, sit there at work, and all of a sudden I see myself floating up into the ceiling and looking back at me, sitting in the chair. Okay? 
Yes, and I said, don't meditate. <laughs> you go crazy. <laughs> no, those are, uh, when you meditate, the rule of thumb is that whatever you can see you experience is called a state. And you ignore the state. Whatever happens, you just watch it. You experience, observe, and that's it. You don't do anything. You don't react to it. Don't get excited. Don't get depressed. Don't get uh, disappointed. It just comes and goes. It's not a big deal at the lower level. The high level, that's when you, when you get higher, that's when uh, it makes sense for you to delve into it and try to develop the skills to do it consistently. At the low level, you can't. Okay, you don't want to. Hmm. Because if you uh, develop the ability to do it consistently at the low level, you'll be stuck. It's very hard for you to make further progress. So that's why we advise you uh, until you become enlightened, uh, don't pursue those things. You, you cannot help but abuse those things, number one. Number two, you become attached. You think it's cool, uh, and you look forward to it you know, every single time. That's called greed, meaning that as long as you're greedy for those things, you'll be stuck. You will not, you will not make progress anymore. It's basically shooting yourself in the foot. Why would you want to do that? But however, like it or not, it happens. People will see things, will experience certain things as so the natural process of meditation. You're discovering what you really are capable of, but you can't do it consistently, which is a good thing. Okay? Because you don't want to be, become attached to it. Okay? All right. Any other questions? So don't be attached to it. It's a good thing, but you know, no big deal. Much better is in store, is on down the line, down the road. Don't be attached to small things, to small potatoes. Okay? All right. So this, uh, this uh, song enlightenment here is, was written as a record of Master Yong Jia, who became enlightened, pretty high level enlightenment, and, uh, and uh, upper tiers, like um, three quarters up. Hmm. Mm, that range, mm. and he, so he wrote something to demonstrate, to as a record of his uh, of his own experience for the future generation. Uh, now, at the time, um, Chinese Chan uh, was uh, not very popular, and then so it's new to China, and therefore. There weren't a lot of people who would understand Chan, who would believe in Chan. So he says, Chan is real, and this is what I experienced when I became enlightened. He didn't, he didn't say he became enlightened. Enlightened people never say that. I'm enlightened. Okay, that's nonsense. You, why not? Because once you become enlightened, it's nothing to talk about. We talk about enlightenment because it's exciting to us. It's, wow, it's so okay to see that, that curtain being torn aside and the light coming through. Okay? And I was expecting someone to ask me a question, but since you didn't ask a question, I'm not going to tell. No ask, no tell. Okay? So anyway. So, so, this, this, uh, so, so the, 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 uh, the, the Master Yung Kya says, this is such a cool, cool thing. And I, I want you to, I want to document it for you. Okay? Yeah. So this is why uh, he, he, uh, his work, his, uh, his record is called the Song of Enlightenment. Something to praise, something pleasant, something beautiful. Well, that's why it's called a song. Uh, it's enjoyable, you see? So he became enlightened. He said, wow, this is so enjoyable. I need to tell others about this. Huh? And that's the spirit of China as well. 
you have a great thing you want to share with people. When we uh, in contrast in worldly people, and when we uh, when when we uh, have a good thing, we're afraid others will steal from us. We become envious and jealous of us. Enlightenment, enlightened people don't are not like that. They share willingly, without any hesitation, and they hope that you also have it. So that's why lowly people, disciples of mine who still feel jealous of others, okay? Uh, you sh should be ashamed yourself. Uh, even that jealousy there of yours is an impediment to your spiritual progress. So cut it out, okay? It's so petty of you. Way Mountain. Master, so the song of enlightenment so does it have a lyrics, rhythm, or a melody to it? Because it's called a song. It's, uh, so you see, this is the lyrics, therefore there must be some music to it, associated with it. It will be. Let's start compo uh, composing the music. How's that? It would be so cool. huh? Good idea. Yeah? All right, great idea. We should compose the music for it. Hmm. At least part of the part of it. It's a very long, long thing. Hmm. Very long, long uh, record. Okay. Hmm. I said we are currently on slide 54. It says the karma of the avici is canceled in a kasana. Hmm. Hmm. What does it mean? Let's go through this for you. Hmm. Avicii is the Sanskrit name for a kind of hell. Hell that uh, it's uh, also called uninterrupted hell. It's the worst place in our world. Okay, uh, and all the places in our world, this is the last place you want to go. Don't go there for any reason, not even for vacations. Okay? It's not fun. You go there, you're going to suffer. It's the, the hells are the places where you are forcibly sent to to be punished, to endure suffering, to undergo suffering. Okay? Among their different types of hells, there are countless types of hells. Uh, yes, hells are true, uh, but it's not the same way that Dante, that uh, that work where the Westerners, by uh, the author by the name of Dante, who is a Catholic or Christian or something, uh, he documented his vision of the hells. It's all nonsense. No such a thing, the way he, he described it. Okay? It's uh, sensational, but it's nonsense. The hells is basically the all kinds of hells where uh, where you you go there because you're supposed to undergo the retribution for the offenses you created. Okay. For example, if you consistently lie. Okay, you lie because you need to sell cars to your customers, anyone. Hmm? You need to sell, salespeople have to lie. That's just life. Engineers have to lie too, don't they? <laughs> no? <laughs> okay, engineers exempt. Engineers are not supposed to lie. Can you agree on that? What about Software engineers, do they lie? Yes, they do. <laughs> Especially AI software engineers, they lie to their teeth. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Elon Musk, does he lie? Probably. What do you mean, probably? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay? So these people who lie, 
they are creating the retribution in the future after they die, they eventually go to the hell uh, called uh, the different kinds of hells, okay? There's one particular kind of hell where you go there and there's a hook and they hang you by your tongue. It kind of hurts a little. It hurts so much you can't lie anymore. Does it make sense? So the retribution are corresponding, corresponds to what you're supposed to learn to be aware of the consequences so that you stop doing that. Does it make sense? If you do, you commit offenses, you do bad things and you go unpunished, you keep on doing it. That's the law of cause and effect in Buddhism. There's a balance. The balance is restored because you lie, and therefore you will suffer. When you suffer, you stop lying. You see that? Uh, yes, sir, in the back. Thank you, Master. Um, when we die and we have a new life, we, we forgot everything. So why will that help us? Because even if we go to hell, maybe we forgot that too. Can you ask something I can answer? <laughs> I have been to the hell, so expect me to say. Okay, so actually it's not true. I've been to so many hells. <laughs> and you're right, I don't remember. And that's a nice thing about uh, uh, us. Unpleasant things, we erase them from our, our memory. You only remember the good things. Huh? Like, how much we love our husbands. Huh? Huh? So those are the things, the pleasant things, the good things, we like, we remember, okay? Uh, just like it's not atypical for people who say, who love their spouses and say, I love you so much. I, I make a vow that lifetime after lifetime, I will look for you and marry you and make you happy. Sounds familiar? <laughs> no. <laughs> you haven't been in love enough. Ask Jung. <laughs> huh? You must have made some kind of vow like that because no, no matter how how, what happened, you say, I'm going nowhere. <laughs> uh, so, okay, I'm dancing around the issue, of course. So, you see, if, you, if every time you have a new body, your memory, you start out fresh, okay? And how can you remember? Okay, here's what happens. You buy... You, you buy into my, my sales pitch that sometimes you love someone enough and don't answer that. You love, you love your wife so much or your girlfriend so much, your boyfriend so much, you say, I love you so much, I can't live without you. I, just, I, I vow to pursue you. I vow to chase after you. I vow to find you again and marry you. No one? Asian is so unromantic. <laughs> I hate this. It's so disgusting. You guys live up a little, okay? <laughs> Seriously? No one? It's common sense, right? No? <laughs> How about the movies? People in the movies, they say, I love you so much, I, will, I, will, I want to be your, 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 your husband forever. No? Am I lost? You don't deserve my explanation. This is too advanced for you. Okay. So the point is that 
when you have you make these strong vows, these strong promises, okay? It has it has a way it has a way of these strong things will you'll be able to remember. There's some triggers will help you remember in the future. Not just pleasant things, but unpleasant things as well. For example, someone killed you. You're taking out money from an ATM. When someone comes with a gun and says, hey, give it to me. I say, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> he said, I have a gun. Say, I don't care. It's my money. <laughs> and they say, bang, he shoots you. And the moment you die, the very moment you die, say, how dare you kill me? How could you kill me? And the anger right there is, I'm going to make you pay. And guess what? In the future, because of that thought right there, that final thought there, it plans a seat in your consciousness in the future. You will constantly be looking for the chances to repay, to, to, pay, to get payback. You buy that or not. Very much like right now, never mind about your after death. Right now, when someone does wrong to you, you get so upset and you want revenge. Ask the Sicilians. Anyone Sicilian? Of course not. You're all Asians. <laughs> Except for one Eastern European. <laughs> okay? Does it make sense? In this continuum of our lifetime right now, when you have this strong anger and you want revenge, you stop at nothing to look for revenge. Make sense? Same thing. Uh, for the real people who fall in love? Seriously, in the Asian culture, I've read about so many stories of Asians, Chinese, I read a lot of Chinese stories for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, I read a lot of Chinese stories where you know, someone falls in love, a man falls in love and pursues her forever until she falls in love with him. Am I the only one who reads Chinese stories too? Love stories? Okay, never mind. Uh, so even during your current life, you're driven by this desire. Yes, deep desire. Guess what? It doesn't die. It continues the next life. And it's triggered. Certain things will trigger it. Okay, for example, the smell, the way she moves, something in the way she moves attracts me like, you know what I mean? You Asians are so unromantic. I, I hate this. <laughs> How can you live like this? Huh? It's all work, 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 money, 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 and eating, eating, that's it? <laughs> okay. You see, so there's some triggers that will help you remember. Okay? And plus, also, it's not uncommon for you, like when you meditate, all of a sudden you remember things. Yes? You remember in prior life, you remember that someone killed you. <laughs> someone, some of my disciples have such a memory. He says, oh, oh, he killed me. <laughs> this guy killed me in my prior life. <laughs> I demand justice. Okay, so, so that's why you have, uh, you, you remember, there will some, be some triggers that will uh, help you remember, especially the strong emotions. Love, hate, anger, revenge, those are very strong emotions that will drive you and will uh, drive you to look for it. 
for satisfaction, for payback. Okay? Mm. So anyway, it's possible. Okay? Uh. All right. So among the hells, even for the liars, there are all sorts of hells. The hells where uh, they, they hook you, they hang you, you know, with the hook by your tongue, okay? It hurts a lot, okay? And then, and then you can't eat because that tongue hurts, okay? And you, uh, not only you die of starvation, but you also die because of the torture imposed upon you. And then after you die, okay, there's a clever wind that blows and wakes you up, okay? And then you undergo the same retribution again until your term is up. Way Mountain. Yes, uh, good morning, Master. Uh, good morning, watch, Brady. Uh, the common phobias that bother all of us, could they perhaps have come from some kind of trauma in a past life? Can you be specific? Like what kind of... Uh... Yes, of course. Uh, well, in my case, I don't like to face sharp objects up close to my face. Even laying in bed, it bothers me if a night table, nightstand, has a sharp point on it and it's uh, angled toward my face. It kind of makes me nervous. But I'm thinking of other phobias. People are afraid of heights. They're afraid of being in the ocean. They're, they're afraid of going into the snow or any number of these phobias. I'm just wondering, could they have originated from a former life? Probably. From this life or current life, the prior lives. And usually, uh, those things are reinforced. Okay, and that's why they become stronger and stronger. Okay, and so yes, absolutely. Those tendencies we have, those is what in Buddhism it's called habit energies. Not just phobias. For example, uh, there uh, there's tendency for people to like to steal. So. You steal, you steal, and your next lifetime you continue to steal, and you steal, you steal, you steal. You lie, same thing. Next lifetime you lie, you lie, you lie, you lie. Okay? That's how it is. You give, okay? Uh, you help others. Next lifetime you help others, you help others, you help others. So it's called habit energy. That carries from lifetime to lifetime until you change it. Okay? So, in your case there, uh, in Bidi's case, where he's afraid of sharp objects, uh, and that's, uh, that phobia right there is basically psychological, and it can be addressed. You shouldn't have to be afraid of it. What you should be doing, Brady, is you know, when you have that phobia right there, uh, don't uh, do anything. Don't, uh, uh, if you're afraid of a sharp object, like a sharp corner to your night table right there, don't change to a, uh, to a round uh, edge table. Actually, uh, you uh, bring the table closer to your face and closer and closer and meditate on how ridiculous it is to be fearful of it until you stop being afraid. The point being that uh, that fear there is reinforced every single time that you're afraid. So it grows stronger, like a snowball. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger if you still uh, accept the fear. When you face it, you confront it, eventually it goes away. Yes, Way Mountain. I just wanted to comment. Uh, that is an important point, Master. Uh, I don't suffer from that near as bad as I did before I began Chan meditation. So it, it was just a memory. 
since you brought up this subject that I thought about it. I very, very rarely uh, am bothered by that anymore. And I think it's basically because I'm a cultivator. Right, and that's a good point. What happens in your practice at Chan, we like to uh, stress to you that you practice Chan, keep in mind, you want to improve. Okay, you want to avoid being uh, stagnant, avoid stagnating, because it's part of fun, is to improve. Okay, continue to improve. Don't be happy as status quo. That's the point. Continue to improve because it's a lot of fun. You deprive, you don't want to deprive yourself of what? All the fun aspects, the so wonderful aspects of your spiritual practice. Okay? You get a lot more and more and more and more, nonstop. The only reason you're not getting more is because you're stopping yourself. Either subconsciously or voluntarily okay uh, so so pre-program yourself okay i want to keep on improving improving because what happens when you improve then you actually are resolving a lot of those issues so brady for example he, he said he said he was a, used to be a very afraid of sharp uh, edges and sharp corners and so forth and as he been has he's been improving he decided to improve. It's important for him to improve. And he felt that the fear lessened tremendously. I added tremendously. It's because as you improve, all those habit energies become less, uh, has less effect on you, less influence on you. And more or less, you're out of range for them. Okay? As you get higher, it's out of range. They cannot reach you anymore. It's that simple. All right. Very good. So, so there are different kinds of hells to punish the people who lie. Okay? And, and what happens is the scary thing about these hells is that you don't simply go to one hell tongue hooking by the tongue hell. But you go after you're done with your term in that hell right there, you go to the next one, right adjacent to it. You don't have to go very far. They don't want you to go, to go, to go very far. You know why not? They don't want to give you a break. <laughs> what do you think? You think they're going to waste, give you, waste your time getting on a bus to go from San Jose to... Uh, 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 Los Angeles and take a break for six hours, eight hours? Heck no. Uh, you don't have such luxury. You're supposed to continue to suffer right away. Okay? And why is it adjacent? Hmm? And so, for example, adjacent hell might be you go to the next hell because you're still lying. And now that hell's there, the punishment, form punishment is that uh, you, they make you say, say ah. They say, yeah. Stick your tongue out. You stick your tongue out and they smash your tongue slowly until you die. Yeah, I know it hurts. Trust me. <laughs> huh. Imagine people doing you know, get that being done to your tongue. Think about it. So that's another hell where they 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 inflict pain on your tongue and destroy your tongue gradually, uh, okay, until until you die. And again, so why is that? All these hells are adjacent. Are are similar to each other because our lies are similar. We are more invent, we are creative. You lie better. You know, for example, hello, speaking of lies, uh, <laughs> you're good at lying, uh, selling stocks. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and then and then and then now you then then you say stocks are not enough. Let me let me learn how to uh, lie selling bonds. 
Treasury bills, okay, and so forth. So you see, you go, that's why they, you, you, you create similar offenses. You expand your repertoire, if you will. That's why these, that's why, because you did one type of lie, you committed one type of lie, you go with this type of hell. And then you branched out, diversify your lies a little bit. So that's why the next hell is created right next to it. Very similar. Does it make sense? Intuitively, it makes sense. At least for non-Asians. Okay. Huh? Yes? Okay. And the worst kind of hell is a Vichy hell, is which is the worst kind of hells because uh, in this hell here, the torture is unbelievable, and the worst part is that no break whatsoever. In your typical hell, they're actually kind of decent. They torture you and they say, you know, you know what? I need a 10-minute break. My, you know, labor law says every three hours I got a 10-minute break. Okay, so I'll be right back. So you got a break, more or less. What do you think? Down there, they're functionaries too. They're workers. They're the jobs or those ghosts and those torturers are, uh, are uh, is to torture you. So they, they must live too. They must you know, do their own things. Okay? Especially, however, in a witchy hell, there's no break. You are tortured 24-7 forever. And extremely painful. It's the worst kind of suffering is in the Vichy hell. Is that clear? All right. The karma of Vichy hell is canceled in Kasana. What does it mean? Kasana is a very brief moment, one of the very shortest time. Uh, that the Buddha says, that's very short right there. How short it is, is so short that you cannot have any idea. So there's no point in trying to explain to you. It says it's yeah, like a blink of my eyes, it's 90, uh, uh, 90, uh, 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 in a blink of my eye, you have 90 thoughts. Okay? Uh, and the kasana is those, those brief moments right there. It's so minute, so finely, it's, it's so finely dissected that we cannot sense it. You see how fast your mind is capable of. You're underutilizing your mind right now. You think you're so proud. I, oh, I'm so smart. Yeah, I got it. I understand. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I get it. I got it. Yes. Number four. Your mind is so fast. And the Buddha says, you're not even aware of it, that you're producing thought because it, that, it, it, that you, if thought arises and it stops, thought arises and it stops. It's that fast in your mind. Yes, four. Okay, repeat. Ayu, Đạo Phật, con xin lặp lại. Và trong cái khoảng sát na giác ngộ thì thấy tất cả mọi pháp từ ngã cho tới pháp ánh không. Thì địa ngục vô gián cũng liền lập tức là không. Nhưng câu hỏi của con là sau cái sát na mà mình thể nhập vào tánh không đó thì mọi cái tập khí nó trở lại thì như vậy là cái địa ngục uh, a tỳ đó nó cũng sẽ trở lại trong tâm của chúng ta hay sao a di đà phật no doesn't work like that you guys only read you read it in the books in the on the scriptures and you don't know what it really means you should, you know, go ahead translate 
a metaphor master uh, in the moment of kasana enlightenment all of a sudden all of the dharma from uh, self to dharma everything is empty therefore the uh, uninterrupted hell uh, all of a sudden become empty however after the moment of that kasana when we tear uh, our substance enter the nature of emptiness uh, and after that the moment of kasana then the hell come back again is it no it doesn't work like that you see that's why you read it on all the chan annals and uh and the buddhist scriptures and that's why that's why her assertion came from but it's not how it works not actually what it uh, doesn't happen the way that she describes it, the way she imagines it. No, not at all. It's irrelevant. So the question is, no, it, it's not what you think. It's not like that. Okay? Uh, I will not explain it. Uh, because each case is different and it's something that you will experience yourself. So, well, it's, it's, uh, it's not the way you think. Drop it. Yeah. Or whatever you read about the emptiness of things and other things is from the books. It's not how it works at, at those moments. Not at all. This is why people who, who like scholars or monks and nuns who research the Buddhist teachings by reading sutras and so forth, they have no ideas on what they're reading. And they give them a full sense of smarts or expertise, but they don't know what it really is, what really, what really the sutras are saying. And her typical of her, she has, she has tremendous um, samadhi level already, but hers is still not good enough to understand what the sutras say. And that's why it's very misleading. The sutras and the things, uh, you know, uh, are not the way you think, and and that's why uh, I tried to demystify a little bit for you because I was it came from. Um, my frustrations when learning about Buddhism, I had a lot of questions, and, and uh, the so-called experts from my master's temples, they don't know what they're talking about. Or they pretend to know, which is disappointing to me. It's because the Chinese teaching left a lot of things that are unclear, and that's why it's subject to misinterpretation and abuse. The people who practice Buddhism, who read a lot of these materials, they say, I know, I know what I'm talking about. No, it's not the way you think. Not at all. So that's why we professional, we listen to you, one, two sentences, four sentences maximum. I can tell you don't know what you're talking about immediately. Because... You got it from someone's words. Whereas enlightenment, people really enlightened are actually seeing it themselves. They don't need any words. So it's not the way you think, unfortunately. It, uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, not, the big, not the total picture. And that's her question is a proof that she doesn't get the picture. She only says, she only describes one aspect of it, doesn't understand the whole bowl of wax. It's different. It's not like that alone. You only understand one facet. Whatever sutra you read, whatever Chan uh, book you read, it's all a few facets of, of this, 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 uh, this uh, beautiful diamond. It's multifaceted. Okay. Uh, so, 
All we can do is because if I, I explain it to you, then, then people will think they understand as well. I am explaining to you a few of the facets. There's more, a lot more. So if I explain it to you, you say, oh, now I know about enlightenment. This is what happened. It's not true because more. That we're not telling you. Okay? Uh, so, 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 uh, actually I'm disappointed uh, looking back on how uh, the Chinese uh, disciples of Master Xinhua, because they heard from him, they read from his teachings, and then uh, instead of practicing Chan to verify themselves, they said, no, you know, legs hurts too much, takes too long to practice. Now, if I practice, I end up seeing that as well. So what, I don't need to practice anymore. Sounds familiar? You Asians, you're so smart. You say, I, I know now. I know now what's going to happen after I become a lion. If I get to uh, our heart stage, this is what's going to happen to me. So why, why bother practicing anymore? Huh? Can I know it already? What you don't know is that we only told you one aspect of it. There's a lot more. One aspect alone to entice you to want to get there. But once you get there, there's a lot more. Okay? Yeah. So, so that's why I don't answer, I try not to answer those types of questions, uh, not directly, because it gives you the full sense, again, like the Chinese do, is that, you know, I know, I know, because, because uh, the book says so, because Master Shenhua says so. Not at all. It's not like that. Thank you, Master. Okay. Uh, all right. So, um, so this, uh, this uh, Avicii hell here uh, is extremely scary, uh, much scarier than a sharp object that some people would be afraid, might be afraid of. Uh, yes, Wei Mountain. Master, I have a related question to this. Um, I think uh, following the precepts, like not lying, um, is one of the precepts. Should we do it because of the fear of the hellish realm that we may get into? Or we do it because if we lie, other people are going to get hurt. Somehow we are causing other people suffering, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. Which one should be the motivation for uh, following it? What is your motivation? I, I, I like to think like, uh, you know, thinking, not from okay. fear. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to think of like, you know, I don't want to hurt other people, so I'm, I don't want to lie. But if I, if when I hear all these things of like the fear, the fear comes in, oh my God, I don't want to go to hell, but I don't want that to be my motivation. See, he's thinking. He's thinking, I, I rationalize this. I don't want to hurt people. But I also rationalizing that I, uh, I don't want it because, because I'm afraid. You keep on rationalizing all the time. No wonder your, head, your, your hair is like uh, salt pepper. <laughs> so is your beard. You realize that? You're rationalizing too much. When you get married, now I don't think you ever will. <laughs> People don't, women don't like it. You think too much. You make so many excuses. I, I always get the command master. They can't figure, it, figure me it has out. Anything with women. No, it has everything to do with women. I will ask you, ask them right now. You, would you like to marry a guy who says, I have a reason for that. I can explain. Huh? Stop trying to think so much. At work, it's okay. In the temple, no. <laughs> Relax, okay? Drop the thinking. 
When you drop the thinking, that's when your head is faster, your mind is faster than the other type of thinking you're capable of kicks in. At work, you have to think because that's how you get paid. You pay to think. You're supposed to think. However, after work, you no longer are paid. What are you doing thinking? I don't get it. Have you guys thought about it? He said, you know, I used to be like that too. You know, I used to think and think and think and think all day. I used to work for a company called IBM. And for the one thing we put on our desk is uh, a word, think. <laughs> They're so proud of it. We're so proud of that culture. We think. And guess how they're doing nowadays? They've been thinking too much, it's caught up with them. <laughs> life is a balance. Will you buy into that? We must have balance in life. There's time to think, there's times not to think. I'm asking you, I'm begging you. Think, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's considerate, okay? <laughs> How many of us are able to stop thinking? I'm counting only three right now. Three of you, maybe four. I'm being generous. Four <laughs> would be able to stop thinking. But the rest of you, you keep on thinking and thinking and thinking. Yes or no? See? Yeah, yeah. Even if you can stop thinking, we tend to say, oh, yeah, 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 okay. This is how they leave you alone. Otherwise, they come to, how do you stop thinking? Tell me. <laughs> I buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> For a week. Okay, you got that? Okay, it, it, it's okay to think. Okay, you know what? And that's what we do, naturally. Habit energy. We talked about it. We keep on thinking out of habits. And this is when you learn, you need to learn Chan or learn the spiritual practices because they are designed, especially Buddhist ones, are designed to help you stop your thinking or reduce your thinking. Okay? So you start that by when you come to Wei Mountain Temple like you do, okay? Stop thinking. You find yourself thinking, you say, no, not now. Let me. Concentrate on something else, like the ceremony, like my leg pains. Leg pains is a form of stopping your thinking. You're training to only think of your pain, nothing else. But when you're thinking, you jump from subject to subject, one thought after another after another. Pain is, it hurts, oh, it hurts, it still hurts. That's called single-minded. See how clever it is. It's ingenious. Okay? You, you have to only have one thought. I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. Or you say, stop, stop, stop. Why don't you stop? Will you stop, please? Go away. You're not my friend. I'm the boss. Why aren't you listening to me? You see, one topic only. Whereas when you think of food, what do you think? Curry. And then dal. Huh? And then what else do we eat in India? <laughs> yeah? Samosas. <laughs> Sambosa. <laughs> Samosa. Uh -huh. Sound like Samoa. <laughs> you see, when we think of food, we think of one thing after another. When the pain, like when the leg is hurting, I don't like this. That's all you can think of. Maybe go away. Right? And that's called concentration. Thinking that IBMers promote, are proud of, what we call in Chan, scatteredness. Your mind is not productive at all. If you learn to stop thinking, when you need to work, 
you think you are a lot more productive. That's our secret. As the more you improve, the faster you think. Much faster. I give a simple number for everyone. It's, it's an understatement. One level next, your mind is twice as fast. Twice as fast. It's geometric. That's how mind, how fast your mind is. Actually, it's a lot higher than two. But I only give you a number two, just for you to see, multiply. You see how big it grows, how fast your mind grows. Oops, time is up. Can I just answer this uh, thing here? Because I don't want to come back to it and explain to you a Vichy hell again and a Kasana again. Can we do that? Give me just a couple of minutes, okay? The karma Vichy is canceled in Kasana. What does it mean? It's not, again, it's not, uh, it's not what, the, the, uh, it's very simple, okay? They, uh, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Our mind has habit energies. So we have, you constantly, constantly produce these types of thoughts. They are negative. They're not wholesome. I don't know about you, but I do. I'm hungry right now. I don't care what you say. Okay? I want to go eat. Okay? Now. Okay? Uh, so we fool these unwholesome thoughts. Okay? And we cannot control ourselves, habit energies. Okay? What happened is that when you become enlightened, when he became enlightened, the karma, those thoughts there, those unwholesome thoughts are the thoughts that are producing your retribution. A plenty of deceased for you to go to those hells to undergo retribution, to undergo torture and suffering. Is that clear? So what it means here is that when you become enlightened, those thoughts stopped. <laughs> Done. You don't produce unwholesome thoughts anymore. It helps, trust me. Because constantly, that uh, 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 curry uh, gentleman there, he thinks so much, he's, he's rationalizing everything. One thought he's rationalized, I want to be a good person, I want to hurt people. What he doesn't realize underneath, he has so many more thoughts that are unwholesome. If you indulge in thinking, you think thinking is okay, what you don't realize, you're only aware of this thought here, but your habit energies are producing these negative thoughts in the background. When you become lying, all that those negative things come to a stop. Big advantage. All right? Okay, we stop here today. Thank you all. Let's go to lunch. <laughs>